Hello, misfits. I am Kale. And I'm Kate. Welcome to... Now did just that, do the regular one. Okay, way. I will. Did that hurt your ears? A little. I'm sorry. I can't with your face. Okay, sorry. Welcome to Horrorwood. <laughs> I like that every time that you say it, you look at me and you smile and nod. I am a five-year-old and I, and I need your approval. I approve. I approve. It's an R-controlled. That's what we call that in phonics. Oh. Or... Or is R controlled because you really mostly hear the R. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. I'm no expert. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like you were in, in that moment. I was like, oh, she's throwing down some knowledge. I thought I was going to do a teachable moment. But then the more I talked, I was like, stop talking about R's. Um, what should we talk about instead? Okay. Since it's spooky season, I think I'd like to know if you've been watching anything spooky. Because I will confess something. And Three, two, one. I finally watched Hocus Pocus 2. You know what? I haven't yet. <gasps> I know. I well, I was gone. I was gone. Oh, right. Oh. Duh. <laughs> I mean, you didn't watch it in Hawaii? I sure did not. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs> the, the sisters are very upset with you, and they might Uh-oh. come to you with their Uh-oh. cauldron. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I actually, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Oh, I thought good. it was so, you know, it just brought me back. I made sure to watch Hocus Pocus 1, which I've seen a lot of times beforehand. And I finally like sat down and watched it full because of course, you know, the night it came out, I did watch it, but I slept through most mm-hmm. of it because I was exhausted. Um, so I fully committed and it was great. It was oh, wonderful. good. I'm glad to hear it because I've heard different things. So I'll have to watch it for myself and decide. I mean, I think you just have to put yourself in that kind of mindset and like be like, okay, it's like an, another kind of, it's a sequel, we'll say. Sure. Um, Those are always hard too. Th- they're hard and most of them aren't as good as the first. So mm-hmm. we can just go ahead and clarify that now. But it was, I liked it. Okay. It made me, it made me like want to have a grazing board with a skeleton and lots of spooky eyeball eatings which probably are just really grapes but I feel like know. that'll make sense to me once I see it because I I don't understand no it probably won't it was just making me really want to have like a table full of food like cheese and crackers but like you know looking like brains and eyes oh okay like I wanted to snack while I watched it like you know oh, like okay. a good old movie Wow. Um, Like a good old movie. I'm watching The Watcher on Netflix. Have you started that? No. So it's based on a true story. I've got two episodes left. So everyone out there, don't comment because I have not finished it. Um, Basically, this house, these people move into this house in New Jersey and they start getting these letters from someone saying that they're watching them and they like know all this stuff about them. From an owl? Like Harry Potter style or not? No, it's like coming in the mail. It's the letters are typed. Um, and apparently 
previous owners also received these letters. I think I know who it is, but also I feel like they're trying to make you think that because I don't think it was ever solved. I could be wrong, but I don't think it was ever solved. Uh, it's pretty, it's interesting. It's interesting. It sounds fascinating. Now, is it fictional? No, it's based on a true story. Oh, it's, oh, it's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to love writing letters. I'm sure you've received one from me. Remember? Well, I mean, I get cards from you. Yeah. Oh, remember our book, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Book? Oh, yeah. Because I, I had one with you and one with my mom. Oh. Yeah. I feel so special and I love it and I still have it. I never returned it. I was going to say, I don't know where that is. So I have it. It makes me feel good that it's because you have it. And I do. And we had lost. like Napoleon Dynamite stickers in it. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh, you guys. It was the best. Katie like sent it to me, I think kind of out of the blue, but you were living in California at the time. Yeah. And we just started writing in it back and forth like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. I do remember this. Aww. We received a letter. Um, well, actually, it wasn't a letter. It was an email or like a uh, letter. Well, it was a comment on the on the Joe Pickler case, which is interesting. So they used their full name. OK, so I think it's OK to use their name. I'll just list their first name. Maybe their but, first name. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Okay. But, the, but their whole name is on listed on the comment. Um, okay. So, Jordan, thank you for sending this in. But uh they said that they knew all of those people. They grew up in that area. Wow. Um, they went to school with Joe. I believe they were in the same graduating class. They weren't really friends. Like, they were more acquaintances. Okay. But Jordan said that they know all of the people that we named in okay. that episode. And that, yes, it was very suspect that they, that they, the friends our so-called friends that Joe was hanging out with. Um, Jordan says that they were very sus during that whole situation time. yeah. and timeline. Um, one and thing Jordan said, though, is that the dogs, the police dogs did pick up Joe's scent, scent along oh. the bridge. Hmm. But everything I read said that they did not. So, Jordan, maybe you can clarify that for us because I don't want to put out wrong information out there. But everything that I read said that they're what they could not detect Joe's scent. Wow. You know, I have to say, um, actually, this per that particular episode has gotten a lot of feedback. I did um, receive in-person feedback um, from one of our listeners, and she made a really interesting point and just was curious about maybe talking to a medium and just seeing what might come up from that. I mean, I've as you know, would love I, to talk to a medium. No, I want I want you to talk to the one that I actually talked to that blew my mind and changed my thinking. Yeah. Because you were a skeptic before. Oh. Total skeptic. Such a skeptic. In fact, like your like light flickering thing and all of that, I probably would have never even picked up on any of that and would have been mm -hmm. like, uh-huh. Maybe I wouldn't even have the thought that reincarnation exists. I mean, I'm not really sure when I was, when I thought that. Maybe it was after like going to a medium for the first time where I really like thought hard about things that might happen out of my scope of understanding, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as you know, either I was a dog or I'm going to be a dog. We've established this. I guess we have. <laughs> it's official. Episode 5th, 4th, 3rd, whatever. No idea. Um, okay. So any other movies that you have been watching or you're interested in for this particular season? Because 
I have to say, Kate, October is going by very fast. I know. One movie that I tried to find on my flight because I wanted to kind of get a refresher on it, but I couldn't find it. It wasn't streaming anywhere. Oh. Was Scream. And I'm hoping that maybe you can give me a little insight into that. Well, I can certainly give insight into it. <laughs> Kayla's holding up a picture of a screen of Ghostface, basically. Mm-hmm. We are going to dive deep into the movie Scream. And we'll talk a little bit about the franchise, but mostly we're going to just talk about that first movie because I figured, you know what? There's so many movies. I think there's going to be there's up to six because I think there's one coming out in 2023 and there was okay. one that came out this year 2022 so we have many episodes that we could talk more about it maybe maybe even there's fans out there that kind of want to like talk about it or they know more knowledge about it because there are people that I mean it's like comic-con right or bravo con or whatever there are people that are really into this yeah is there a is there a horror con like a for movies like, oh, I'm pretty sure there is. There's got to be, right? I mean, there's yeah. the Freddy Krueger. I mean, all the franchises, right? So we're going to kind of talk about first the ghost face. Okay. I'm going to give you just a little bit of background on the ghost face. I got most of this information from like a slashfilm.com. So it, okay. was, it was an article about the origin of the ghost face mask. Oh, okay. I just thought it might be interesting to kind of talk a little bit about that because that was such an iconic. It's weird because it's a it's a costume piece, right? That kind of developed into a character. So wait, did the costume come before the movie? Yes, actually it did. Oh, okay. Because the movie came out in 1996, the original Scream, and that's really the only one we're going to go into today. Um, it came out in 96. Okay. And this this mask was created in 1991. Ah, okay. Now, one of the things that was said was that the design of the mask, it kind of, it bears reference to Edvard Munch's painting, The Scream. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I sent you that emoji earlier today. I don't even, I think I was just like, ah, it's been a crazy week. And, and then I did like a laughing emoji. Because I was trying to be funny. Remember, half lame, half funny. <laughs> Maybe instead of lame, I can say cheesy. I'm kind of cheesy, just quirky and funny. Anyway, cheesy. I I see that for you. Yeah, because you're not lame. Hopefully, I'm not. Um, what is it like, turophile or something? Is that is that wine or is that cheese? What's the cheese connoisseur? I don't know. Anyway, I do like cheese. Okay, um, we are way off track. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, okay, this mask is depicted from the the painting of the scream okay so it's also the company who created it i also think they took it based on a cover of a pink floyd album um oh okay in particular oh okay and then i didn't know this but i learned that it was also a ghostly character that appeared in the 1930s betty boop cartoons oh i didn't know that yeah so that was really weird and like most people are like, okay, it's a character of like someone screaming. But then I read a little bit that it could be somebody um, maybe crying at the same time. And I was like, huh, okay. Oh, that's creepy. Isn't that a little creepy? Like a little weird? Yeah. You know what my biggest fear was? I never wanted to see any scream movies in the theater because I was terrified that someone was going to dress as Ghostface and come in and like do harm. That's kind of how I felt about, um, well, after after the movie theater, um, like the massacre of the mm-hmm. Joker, wasn't that the Joker that that happened with? Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. I, th- I think that that 
person dressed up as the Joker and then did that. That terrifies me. It absolutely terrifies me. In fact, yeah, I, I do sometimes really struggle like just going to any place, really. Yeah, same. So what was interesting about this is I read when they were creating the film or thinking about, you know, the costuming, because this is what already after Wes Craven was involved in it. So he was the director of the film okay. screen. Yeah. This is Kevin Williamson speaking, which is okay. the, the, the writer, the screenplay writer. No one could agree on a mask. And I remember we were in a location scout and we found Ghostface and a box of stuff in a garage. Wes Craven immediately looked at it and said, this is like the famous screen painting. And so we took that to our production and we said, riff on this, make something like this. They must have done like 20 different designs. Every one of them was rejected by the studio. And finally, we were like, why don't we just get the rights to this mask? Oh, wow. Like, that's how that happened. Isn't that crazy? This epic like franchise. And we associate it. I mean, how many movies have been made? And you see it every Halloween city store that comes out. Yeah. And I just like, that's how it came about. I didn't even real. Okay. This is showing my ignorance. I didn't realize you had to get rights to a mask. Well, here's why I think. So it was created in 91 as part of the Fun World Fantastic Faces collection. Okay. Um, I guess in Dimension Films, this is also what I learned in Flash Slash Film, was able to reach an agreement to use the mask. So it just, it, it, it proved profitable for Fun World. Sure. Because they, they owned the mask design and the name of Ghostface. So that's what they called it. You know how sometimes you don't have the rights of something and so, you know... Instead of saying like Dorothy or something for right, Wizard right. of Oz, they're going to say like girl in pinafore. I don't know. Yeah. It's like the Wednesday Adams. They're like morbid girl in the middle of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was much better than my example. Yes. Um, so I think it was kind of a win-win for both parties, right? Yeah. Um, because they were able to to market it and it was, you know, ghost face and then the production of Scream. Um that go the ghost face mask has been mass produced and worn and sold for costumes for years now. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Now I get it. Yeah. So kind of cool, right? Just to yeah. get that little history of this ghost face. That's so iconic. Yeah. That they found in a garage. I love it. Right. That they found in a garage. I mean, that's, it's just wild. Yeah. I mean, it's like a cult phenomenon too. Like it's just crazy. The thing is, is that the movie scream is kind of loosely based off of a serial killer. Okay, yeah, I did know this. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And I don't want to give um, too much, I, for lack of better word, uh, praise to, I don't know what kind of word I want to use for that because it- Attention? Attention, thank you. Edit all that praise shit out. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give too much attention to this serial killer. Kate and I had been talking and I was like, hey, what about doing at least one movie for the month of October and kind of just talking about it being maybe based on a true story. So I really wanted to make sure that it was something that was, you know, based on something and not yeah. fictional. And, uh, you know, she's like, okay, cool. You know, that sounds like a good idea. And <laughs> I said it just like that. Okay, cool. You know, like, you know what? Like it was a text so I can interpret it and in whatever <laughs> soundbite I want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, what about Scream? And I know it's a franchise and there's there's so many sequels to this movie, but I really was like, let's think of OG, right? 
And I had said it was based on this murderer who did a killing spree in the the proximity of a university. And I was like, I can I can touch base on this, but there are certain um, cases or certain things that I could not do. One of which is um, school shootings. Yeah, and I don't think we're ever going to cover a school shooting. No, I mean I can't imagine like the circumstances of how this podcast would tie into we'll that. Do so. that, right? Okay, so anyway, um, let me talk about this uh, this Gainesville Ripper, okay. which Scream is you know loosely based on. So in 1990, in a four-day killing spree. Four days. Four days. Oh. Now, that's in and of itself. This is j- The four-day killing spree just has to do with the University of Florida rampage. Okay. There were other killings. I would imagine. Yeah. I don't think you just, like, go off suddenly in four days. Yeah, right. So Danny Rowling went on a murder rampage that terrified the University of Florida, alarmed the nation... He killed five students oh my God. and gained the name Gainesville Ripper due to his heinous act because it was in Gainesville, Florida. I remember being a kid hearing about this on the news and thinking, oh, I definitely don't want to go to college in Florida. Like that was my what? thought. Yep. I remember hearing about this. And like Gainesville, like we talked about it in our school. We were like, oh, you know, this happened in Gainesville. And like, I mean, and I grew up nowhere near Florida. Right. But you were in, okay. Cause I'm like, I was, I'm older than you. And what, you were all of nine maybe? Yeah. When this happened? I would have been like nine or 10. Nine. Yeah. I could not remember this. I didn't I remember his name. Um, wow. I didn't I remember his name, but I just remembered the Gainesville. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you had in your mindset, like, I don't know if I want to go to college. I mean, that's terrifying. College there. I mean. There. There. Right. 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 That, oh, but yeah. Sorry. But there. Yeah. So just like I said, these were not the first or the last murder victims of the serial killer. Tell me more. In an article from All That's Interesting, we learned that Danny Rowling lived an unhappy life. A tortured soul since birth, Rowling, a.k.a. the Gainesville Ripper, passed on the horrifying abuse he had endured onto his victims. Are we talking like physical abuse within his family? Yeah, his his dad was not a great guy. And I'm just going to brief on his dad. Um, He abused his mom. He abused Danny. He was a poor excuse for a father and a husband. And he later, Danny does try to kill him. And actually, his dad survived. Oh, wow. Um, I I think he um, wasn't able to use like one of his eyes after that, but he did try to kill him. Oh, wow. Okay. Was that his first attempt at killing? Uh, No, no. This was, I believe that was even after the Gainesville. I think he went back to, he was from Shreveport, Louisiana. And I think it was after Gainesville that he actually went and tried to kill his father. Oh, wow. Okay. It might have been right before, but um, this, again, the Gainesville victims weren't his only victims. Right. And it's just so sad because, like, how did they get involved? You know what I mean? Like, It's like, why wasn't he stopped earlier? Right. So Danny came from an abusive home. His father didn't want children and abused him while his mother tried to leave time and time again. She eventually had a nervous breakdown. And they even, I think they interviewed like maybe some of his teachers and they were just like, yeah, he became more and more aggressive. He constantly felt inferior. And it's, there's a fine line with that because as we learn time and time again, when the backstory is similar to this, it's not the child who commits the crime. It's the adult. Now, I believe we did learn that um, Rebecca Schaefer's killer, gosh, why can't I think of his name? Three names, right? Robert John Bardo. Yes. He also was in a household of abuse. Isn't that correct? Yep. Serious physical and mental abuse. And same thing here. Like Danny had 
some serious mental issues um, that came from from all regards of the abuse that was happening. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think we even touched that on that episode is that it's not the child who commits these crimes. It's the adult. You can feel bad for the child that's being abused. But once that child grows up, there's no more feeling bad for him. Right. So I think we are on the same page of, of that, of thinking like, you know, you're an adult and uh, you're making conscious decisions as an adult or mm-hmm. your mental capacity isn't making sound decisions. Right. Danny committed murder, though. Multiple times, mutilating, Ooh. raping, and they were so grisly. Oh, Danny was often caught for crimes, misdemeanors, felonies, and more. So wait, he was caught. Caught, yes, yes. So and he just kept getting released. No, this is what's interesting. He was like massively, like he was bit. He was built pretty big. Like this, okay, he was a massively built mad man. <laughs> He was a massively built man. I don't know. He's, he's uh, a big guy. He was around like around six foot two. Okay. He broke out of prison several times. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the crimes that he he was caught for were burglaries, robberies, um, breaking into houses. So they were they were probably not like something where maybe law enforcement was thinking that they would lead to murders or that he had already committed anything that heinous, right? So he wasn't, he started off burglarizing. He wasn't killing yet. It escalated to that? Well, here's the thing. I mean, he he tried to get into the like the army or something they wouldn't take him he ended up getting into the navy or vice versa it, one military branch wouldn't take him and another one okay. did but then the problem was he started doing drugs he got into his mother's drugs that she used for medicinal purposes um to help her mental capacity okay i couldn't think of what those kind of drugs are called was it like antipsychotics anxiety An- oh anxiety not antipsychotics okay um Oh my God. Can you help me with a word? Jesus, I'm struggling. Um, I'm trying. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> um, like drugs for depression? Anxiety. Yeah. It was, well, it was all like mental issues, right? Okay. Because all the abuse that she endured. Yeah, uh, sure. She was on medication. And so he would take those from her. And I think that just led to more and more drug use because at one point I read something about him doing like a ton of acid. Oh. Um, and I think maybe that's what got him discharged from military. But I, I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, here we go. Okay. There were these things that happened before the Gainesville murders, one of which was like he had ad- aggressively tried to kill people close to him. What? Oh, and of course, you know, he was married, but I think only like four or five years. And obviously, like patterns of abuse, I don't think he was very nice to her. I believe he probably abused her. Did she live? She, yeah. So they got divorced and I think he got, he was really mad about that. So there was a woman that looked like his ex-wife and he tried to kill her. Oh, but he knew it wasn't her. He just was like taking out his anger on someone that looked like her. Oh yes. He took, yes. He took out his anger on some, yes. Wow. Someone that looked like her. And then later, um, again, before the Gainesville, um, murders, he killed a woman in a car, like in a car, from a car. I, I'm guessing maybe it wasn't an accident, which is why I like retract the act when mm. I was saying it, because I, it, it sounded like it could have been pur- purposeful. Okay. Um, and then he also um, killed a family in Shreveport, Louisiana. An entire family? Uh, I th- Yeah, I think it was what? an entire family. Actually, let me look that up. I have it in my my notes, but there it's down at the bottom because I was just going to say family. But now that you're interested, okay. So, yes, yeah, three victims, 
Oh my goodness. And they were in Shreveport. So it was a father and a and a daughter and then a nephew who was eight. Oh man. So it was almost like that's when he so he had lost um like another one of his jobs or something. And I think it was like more of a, a vengeance type of thing is what one article stated. Well, so how was he connected to this family? Like why them? I don't think he was. So there was a I mean, he had these petty crimes and, and whatnot, like I mentioned before. And it I didn't read anything about them being related to him. I don't think they were. So he just like randomly went into a house? Yeah, and I think I think it was in his hometown. And I think he just was angry. Oh my God. And then and then later, maybe I don't know how much later, but at some point before Gainesville, he um he that's when he shot his father. Ugh. And I remember I said he like lost an eye an eye. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is like, you know, I'm guessing so if you can't keep a job and you're sometimes do drugs and, you know, you got kicked out of the military and you're just kind of hopping around, you are going to have to either rob gas stations and stores and whatnot whatnot, and or break into people's houses because you're going to need one money for gas to get away. Or just be like an upstanding citizen and get <laughs> well, a new job. That wasn't the case for Danny Rowling. Oh, goodness. Rowling, sorry. He just continued on his path of destruction and um, it just kept getting worse and worse, basically. After the Shreveport thing, so he did that. And that's why I was saying like, it wasn't the first time. When he did the Gainesville um, serial killings, he, it wasn't his first time. What was his first time? I think the first one, to be honest, I think the first one was actually the woman he killed with a car. And I think that kind of spiraled him a little bit. Mm. He was so rageful, right? Like, I think he just had all this pent up anger and just misery. And he had a probably fragile mental state because of his abuse, right? Sure. Yeah. And then all these, this trifecta of like trying to get into, you know, these military things and then, you know, succumbing to, to drugs and relying on those and being discharged. It's just, I think he tried for a very small snippet, what we would, I'm going to put in quotes, but they're air quotes because I put them in when I use this word, but normal life. Mm, um, okay. And that's, that's why I said earlier, I said, you know, he did have a wife for right, right. a few years. Like, I want to say not more than five or six years. Did he have any kids? Not that I could tell. I don't think he did. Okay. Well, that's good. Because he was pretty young. Like, that's remember, good. he got, you know, you go in the military around 18 most of the time. When he married this woman, I believe he was like early 20s, early, early oh, 20s. Oh, okay. And the obviously, like, you know, the pattern of abuse is pretty high. Um, when someone is not taking the proactive strategies or reactive, really, strategies to prevent it when you're older, right? Like therapy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he threatened to kill his wife. And then I think she was like, I'm out. Good, good. Get away. Um, and then that's when he saw this woman that looked like his ex-wife. He raped her. Oh, my God. I don't think he killed that woman. He he killed a, that other woman in this from this car wreck. I'm going to call it a car wreck. Okay. Which I believe is what kind of just spiraled him, right? Okay. At this point, um, he he fled from Shreveport, Louisiana. So he went to Sarasota, Florida, mm. where he stole someone's identity from a house he broke into. Oh, geez. So yeah, it didn't last long. Um, and then yeah. all that's interesting stated, running away to Florida didn't cure Danny. 
it made him worse. Oh, no. This is where he broke into residences of University of Florida's uh, Gainesville students and brutally murdered them, but not before he raped, tortured, and stabbed them. Oh, my God. His crimes were so monstrous and gruesome, I, myself, almost felt sick reading about them. Like, I, I felt like my insides just churn and like it just felt disgusting and I almost felt like it's almost like I was a fly in that wall and I could just I just felt so horrible for these victims Mm -hmm. and also I had just watched Scream okay (laughs) so I think I was thinking about you know for them it's like it's it's all you know fake blood and it's all like for a movie but this is this was the real part of this and it was just it was terrible thinking about that and how that could happen to somebody so did he use the same methods, like calling them and like what so, what was the relation between him and the movie? I think that was more made up, the calling part, um, okay. because it, it, all the things that I read were that he broke he broke into these places. Okay. And one of them, uh, there was two females and it sounded like they lived together in a house mm-hmm. and they were fresh. I believe they were freshmen. Oh, he caught up. He cut off one of the female student victims nipples to take oh. as like a souvenir, like kind of like a trophy. Oh, my God. Why do these people do that? Like I read about that a lot and I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck? I mean, reading about it, like I said, I was churning. I just I I, if, I almost felt physical about it. Yeah. And then in a, a, in a different murder, but also a Gainesville victim. He beheaded his next victim. Oh. And that was the very next day. Remember how I said this was a four-day killing spree? Right. The very next day, his next victim was beheaded. And oh. he took the head and displayed it on a bookshelf in her home. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Then two other students in the two-mile vicinity of the University of Florida were fallen victim to Rowling's ghastly killing spree. Now, what's relevant or poignant about this these bodies were not mutilated these two as the other as the others were okay and i i feel like it's maybe because there was starting to be obviously like chaos and fear sure they were terrifying the people of gainesville and i i think that he needed to act fast to get out of that area because i think he kind of felt like i i should probably i need to get out of here like i mean he just murdered five people. Mm. So the University of Florida canceled classes for a week. And then later, there were 700 students that did not return because they were, you know, they terrified the fear. Yeah, they were terrified. I mean, I don't think I, I don't know that I would go back. Right. I mean, it's just again, right after this, I watched the movie Scream and I was like thinking, I know that particular story was based loosely off of this, but like also it was partly fictional it was high school students and whatnot but I just think I was thinking like if I were if I were Sydney and thinking about like the trauma uh, Mm -hmm. I just yeah it was hard and it was like and then I started putting myself in like these people who knew these victims and yeah oh you just you just start feeling it after a while after like the research and you start learning more and more and it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't it was not a good feeling yeah um it's also unfortunate that Danny Rowling's Rowling was not yet arrested or taken into custody after this horrendous spree. So they hadn't caught him? No. He got out of Florida before they could catch him? Yes. Okay. Bastard. I know. (laughs) He continued to steal from gas stations and other homes until he was finally caught for a robbery after a high-speed chase about two weeks from when he terrified and murdered uh, some students of Gainesville's University of Florida. And where was he caught? So he was caught in Ocala. I think I'm saying that correctly. 
And that's in Florida. And it's just south of Gainesville. Okay. So he didn't go far. No, I mean, he didn't go far. And it was it was two weeks, two weeks later. Yeah. I would have thought he would have gotten out like entirely. Yeah, in two weeks. Um, but, you know, again, if he's doing robberies and, you know, he's stealing, he probably just doesn't have enough like gas and food and whatnot to like flee too far. Right. Maybe. Or he's just doing Maybe, it. Or he just or he's just fucked up person. Yeah. That is looking up. for his next victims. Yeah. So police caught a break in these gut churning crimes around January 1991. Now, it's because of the similarities in the Gainesville murders and the Shreveport ones. His DNA was basically matched what was highly similar to the murder scenes in Gainesville that he was charged with murder. So they got enough evidence that they found to convict him. And what's weird is one of the things I read is like they they got DNA from like other inmates somehow. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really, there was only a snippet of that. And so I didn't take that part and research it further because I was like, you know what? He was caught. Thank God. Okay. And there was enough evidence for him to be convicted. And then get this, he did confess to being the Gainesville Ripper. I mean, some, so many of them do because they're like proud of it. He was executed on October 25th, 2006 in Florida with 47 people witnessing. Now, this is what just, ugh, I'm going to say it. And I think it was on that same article I read, the one I mentioned earlier, about his last meal. Because it pisses me off. Let me hear it. Are you ready? I don't know, but let me hear it. Lobster tail served with butter. Shut the fuck up. Oh, there's more. Why do they even get to choose a last meal? Mm-hmm. Butterfly shrimp with a cocktail sauce. Stop. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to keep going because I want you to get riled up like I was. I'm very riled. A sour cream and butter baked potato. No. Strawberry cheesecake. No, sir. And sweet tea. No. Here's the thing. Did any of those victims get to choose a last meal? No. no. So why why do we let killers choose and give them like the gourmet treatment? Fuck that. I hate that. I was reading it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why does he get the gourmet meal? Like you said, the victims, they didn't get to choose anything. That's so fucked up. You know what? I, I was really riled up and like really mad about this. And so... My last sentence on this part of the notes was, give him some toast sans butter for his deplorable acts of murder. <laughs> like I was so, yeah, because because all of it had like butter in it. It was like served with butter, butterfly shrimp, a sour cream and butter baked potato. I was like, fuck the butter. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to give a little bit of a backstory on the Gainesville um, serial killer. Thank you. Because as we said earlier, Kevin Williamson used these murders loosely. Okay. Okay. Like in what way? What's the relation? I'm going to get, I'm going to get to that. Okay. All right. I'm waiting patiently. (laughs) What I did want to put out there and I didn't watch it because I actually didn't read about it until much, until like later. And so I had already written up my notes and everything, but I, I was like, Ooh, let me just quickly put this in that discovery. Plus they launched a two hour documentary as part of their shock docs series, which then I was like, do I need to freaking like pay for this like subscription? Because what's the, sh- what's the shock doc? Yeah. Series? What's a shock doc? Tell me more. Shocking documentaries is what I'm guessing. They have a, a whole series about it. So they have one called scream the true story. Oh, okay. Back to Scream. Scream as in the movie. So Kevin Williamson used the Gainesville murders as kind of a loose plot base in this screenplay that he was writing, right? 
Okay. So anyway, as we know, the franchise follows high school students. And then Williams got his chance to explore kind of that fear rampant on a campus Mm, that followed the case of the Gainesville Ripper. Because I think he started researching. He had this idea. And then he started researching. And the further he got into, he was like, oh, this is kind of like what I want to sort of put out there in like more of a horror movie, um, you know, tale. Was Courtney Cox's character based on a real reporter? Because I feel like I read that somewhere. So the the thing is, so there was a like media frenzy when this happened. Obviously, you've heard about it in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Um, And so there was a lot of reporters and I'm guessing I didn't I didn't find anything about that being like she was based off this particular person but because the media was involved and there might be articles about that the media was all over yeah so they were trying everyone was trying to break this case and obviously you know at the time they the killer was still on the loose right it had been forever since I had watched Scream that came out when I was in high school and parts of it I totally remembered but then I was like wait I think I know why they were doing what they were doing. I was like trying to think. I was like, I think it was involving her mom. And I really had to, I had to think about it for a minute. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. I remember this. Um, What's interesting about uh, this depiction of this Gainesville Ripper is the movie itself has motives, right? There's not, you can't just like grab the motive that Danny Rowling had. Did Danny have a motive? That's the thing. I don't think he did. Um, I don't think there was something, you know, he wasn't stalking anyone. There was nothing clear besides, you know, his past history. But I think honest, I mean, he was just, he just went on a spree. Wow. He started killing people and raping them. Now in the movie Scream, there were motives. So we know that there's the character, there's several key characters. And by the way, what a cast. What's interesting is, you know, this cast was pretty young at the time. Yeah, they were babies. They were babies. And some of them like were having like bigger roles. Like Courtney Cox was a pretty big name. Um, and Nev Campbell was somewhat like I think that she was already in Party of Five at this point. But yeah, there were so many like. And Friends had been out for like, what, two it, years at this yeah, point or something. Yeah. So she so Courtney Cox was getting huge. But there was like. David Arquette. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Lillard. And he was a huge 90s star. You know, this, but I think, I feel like this was kind of more getting his break. And Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich, who played Billy. Yeah. And uh, Rose McGowan. Oh, yeah. Do you remember her? Barely. I mean, I know who she is, but I like, I'm trying to think back to the movie. It's been a forever. This is why I wanted to try to find it, but I couldn't find it. I know. And it, it was kind of, honestly, it was kind of fun rewatching it because it had been, I mean, I watched it, I will say, a lot in college um, because I think it played on like USA and, and mm-hmm. you know, those uh, TBS and stuff channels like around this time. But it was wild because I hadn't watched it in years. Wasn't it the two of them together doing it? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought because I was going to yes. ask if the Gainesville Ripper had a partner. Uh, no, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Oh, not, okay. Particularly not the Gainesville Ripper, but just kind of like put that into a thought because there is theories about that. Okay. So yeah, I want your opinion on that for sure. Okay. Um, so one of the characters, Billy, mm-hmm. Billy Loomis is um, Sydney Prescott, which is Nev- played by Nev Campbell is her boyfriend and they're high school students in love and blah, blah, blah. And sure. you know, it's, it's very high school oriented. Right. And then Gail Weathers is played by Courtney Cox and she's the um, 
newscaster. And then <laughs> David Arquette, I totally forgot about him being Dewey. Yeah. And Dewey was the cop. Yeah. And I was like, this is wild. Dewey. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Jamie Kennedy played Randy Meeks, which was like one of um, Sydney's friends. Mm. And then also I said Rose McGowan. She played Tatum, which was like Sydney's best friend. And okay. Tatum was sisters to the cop, Dewey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I had forgotten about this storyline. So what I had forgotten about is Courtney Cox's character, Gail, was was did a whole um like expose on um Leave Schreiber's. Is that how you say his last name? Schreiber. Schreiber. I, Schreiber. I knew, you know, I almost said Schreiber because I was like, it's probably Schreiber. Um, <laughs> he, his character was Cotton Weary and Cotton was, was put in jail for the, for the murder of Sidney Prescott's mom. Okay. So Nev yeah, Campbell's yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember she had been murdered. Right. Um, the year before. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought it was Cotton because he had like slept with her. And so he was in jail, but the newscaster. Gail Weathers thought he was innocent and she wrote a whole book about it. And then do you remember, I forgot about this, but Sydney Prescott punched, um, Gail Weathers in the face. Like, oh, I kind of, Nef- yeah, I think yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just unreal to watch it all again. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally remembering all of these yeah. things. And then the, the ghost face voice, I think has been the same, you know, the voice of like, do you like scary movies? Yeah. Um, it's Roger L. Jackson, and I think he's done it for the whole franchise, oh, which wow. I thought was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Go, Roger. Get that money. So you are correct. There are two killers in this particular movie. If you guys have not seen Scream, I am sorry for the spoiler alerts. I mean, it's been 20 plus years, so. Right. But we are kind of uncovering some things right now. So, you know, either earmuffs or. <laughs> or maybe you shouldn't have clicked on this episode. Right. <laughs> Or, or maybe just watch it now. Now you know all the characters and you're going to know what happens. You're welcome. Uh, so the, the thing I wanted to talk about were, were these motives, right? Mm-hmm. So for Billy, which was the boyfriend of, of Sidney Prescott, Nev Cam- played by Nev Campbell. So in the end, it's revealed that Sidney's mother had an affair with Billy's father. Oh, I don't remember that. And so he was taking vengeance on it because Billy's mother ended up leaving his dad because of this affair. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. And also, I mean, he was just, he was, Billy was a psychopath. Sure. (laughs) So we all, we get all of this kind of in the end. It's all revealed in the end. And the end scene, it's almost comical in a weird way, but like, kind of and it's giving you a conclusion of like who's doing all of these murders and who's behind the ghost face and why and mm-hmm. so it's it's wild because his partner his like killing spree partner is played by um Matthew Lillard and what was his motive i don't remember so okay so what's wild is Matthew Lillard I think you're an amazing actor, but sometimes I feel like you're a little typecast, but you do it so well. Do you remember he was in like, can't, not can't hardly wait. Um, She's all that, I think. And he played mm. like the guy from the college or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, I just, I think he's great. And did you ever watch Good Girls? No. Okay. I fucking loved that show and I'm pissed that it got canceled, but he, was he plays, in it? yeah, he plays the husband of Christina Hendricks character. And he's really good in it. I oh. love that show. It's got okay. Retta. It's got Mae Whitman, Christina Hendricks. It's like, it's so good. And it got canceled. I'm so pissed. Anyway. Was it on Netflix or? 
Um, it was originally on NBC, I believe, and okay. then it moved to Netflix. Um, but yeah, it's done. so. How did what was his character like? Was it like kind of the same, or because I just I don't know. He's so he's kind of lovable in a weird way. You that know? like that is ex- that's the best way to describe it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, I've yeah. got to watch it now because honestly, when I was watching the scream again, just in real time, like now, I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of had forgotten about him. And he was like really big in the nineties. And I was like, Oh, this guy, I was like, this is great. I'm so happy to be watching this right now. And then I was like, I'm happy to be watching this like horror horror movie. Tell me again what his motive was. Maybe I cut you off or maybe I forgot. No, I hadn't. Oh, Um, I hadn't talked about it. His name is Stu in the movie, by the way, which I, he plays a perfect stew. However you play a stew, (laughs) he plays it perfectly. I was like, that's a perfect name for him. Um, So at the very end, there's this whole kind of fight scene and it's with Sidney Prescott and these two guys. And Sidney had just lost her virginity to Skeetle or to uh, Billy. Billy. So, and then this killing spree happens again. So there was a party and people are, are dying. Dewey's sister dies in the, in the gar in the garage opener, uh, when it opens. Oh yeah. I don't know if you remember that part, but it was pretty gruesome. Okay. And so the end, there's this big fight scene. The ghost face comes out and she's on the porch with these, with Randy and Stu. Sydney Prescott is. Sydney Prescott is. And she can't figure out like if either one of them are Ghostface or the killer. Okay. So she walks back inside and all these people have left the party and Gail's around because Gail was trying to film it, like film what was going on at this oh, party. Oh, okay. Of course, you know, Ghostface comes out and the partner that was helping film the newscast in the van gets killed and whatnot. Oh, so anyway, shit. Okay. All these things happen, right? And it, it ends up with Sydney in the room with Billy. And okay. she's kind of freaking out because she's like, oh, my God, I can't trust these two guys that are on the porch. And Randy's like my best friend. And then Stu is like my, you know, best friend's boyfriend. And he was like basically revealed. He like, well, maybe you can't trust me, basically. And that's how yeah. he started in on revealing his motive. And then, you know, the the boys come in and one of them lunges at Randy. Because Randy's like wanting to help her, right? And one of them lunges at Randy. And there's this whole scene, right? Okay. Stu, they're basically like, what's Stu's motive? Stu, all goggly gangly, was like, peer pressure. <laughs> of course. Of course, that's his line. Sydney's smart. She kind of hides in this closet and she grabs the little like voice thing because it was just revealed to her by Stu. Like that's how they used it. Mm. And so she she does it back to them and then she dresses up as Ghostface. So she comes out and, and she um, has an umbrella and she stabs Billy. Wow. And so he falls, right? Okay, yeah. And I don't know if you remember all this. The main things I remember, like I remember Nev having it out for, or sorry, Sydney, having it out for Gail Weathers because her mom had died and like Gail was, you know, very vocal about the who she thought the killer was or wasn't right. or whatever. And um, and it was kind of torturing Sydney. And then I remember that it was Billy and Stu together that were doing yes. all this. Those yes. are like the main things that stand out to me. And then I also remember that Courtney Cox and David Arquette got together on that movie. Yes. And, and we know that Billy is has not dead from this umbrella wound, right? Right. So then, of course, there's a fight, right? People are like scrambling. Well, Sydney Prescott's like scrambling. She's like doing things that you're like, okay, like don't go through that door, whatever, you know. Crazy enough, Stu, at the very end, like Sydney like frees herself from him and he dies by um, a television electrocution. Don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. But right before that scene, like she's trying to escape from him. And I think Billy had like been on the floor because somebody punched him or something who knows what he goes I always had a thing for you Sid 
And then so she bites his hand and smashes a vase into him. And she said, in your dreams. You got to love that teenage angst. Oh, it was total, total teenage angst. So then, of course, Billy's still alive because that umbrella didn't really do much. And Gail comes in the door and she gets the gun and she shoots him. Gail. So then Randy kind of wakes up and, you know, he's like, oh, so the three of them are there. And they've survived the ghost face scream attack, right? Okay. This is when Randy has his infamous quote. So he says, careful. This is the moment when they su- the, the supposed dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. Oh, I do feel like I remember <laughs> Do you remember that? that? Like, yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, the moment when Sydney reacts swiftly with her angry eyes and she picks up the gun. And- I like that description, swiftly with her angry <laughs> eyes. <laughs> And then she shoots him straight between the eyes. And she says, not in my movie. Yeah, get it, Nev. Slash Sydney. At the very end, when like the credits are about to roll, you see the scene and it's the farmhouse that they were in. Mm. And of course, all the media is there. And it's Gail Weathers reporting, right? Yeah, it is. So she had her breaking story, right? And that's kind of what she was looking for, right? She needed this breaking story. And then she continues on in her newscast information. And I quote the end of the end of this movie and scene, bringing an end to a harrowing mystery of the mass killings, like the plot of some scary movie. It all began with a scream over nine one one and ended in the bloodbath that has rocked the town of Woodsboro. I want to watch all of the screams right now. Like I need a scream marathon. I right. You know what I think would be really cool if we could do this. If we could somehow watch it together. Like where we could like have commentary together somehow because I watched it by myself and I'm like, I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody here (laughs) eating popcorn with me. I mean, copyright laws, we couldn't actually record it, but we could certainly talk about it. There used to be something during the pandemic called Netflix Party where I did it with the kids that I that I taught. We had a fun Friday when we were remote for a couple of months Mm -hmm. and they all could join and we could like talk to one another and we could chat with one another. I don't oh, know fun. if Netflix still does that, but they did it in the pandemic. Yeah. It was really, actually, it was very cool. Lastly, I just, I found this article from Entertainment Weekly and it's an interview with Skeet, Ul- Skeet Ulrich. Uh-huh. And it was, it's like entitled Skeet Ulrich worried Matthew Lillard was ruining Scream. What? <laughs> but it's, it's actually very interesting. So... I'm going to quote this because I liked how it was presented. And this is the very beginning of this article. It was, it's a tale of two screams. There's the one Skeet Ulrich thought he was making. And there's the one that everyone else was making. So then it talks about how they were celebrating the upcoming 25th anniversary of the the horror comedy that started this whole franchise. And that um, Entertainment Weekly sat down with both of the stars. So Mm -hmm. they sat down with Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard to have this interview. Okay. And I guess I didn't know this, but in this article, it talks about how Ski Ulrich had been very open in the past. Because, of course, I haven't researched this. I haven't, I never read any articles when this movie was big about mm-hmm. it. I just watched the movie, right? But I guess in, in throughout this whole franchise, he'd been really open in the past where he had been honest about not realizing that the film was like supposed to be kind of a dark humor. Okay. He didn't understand the humor part of it. I don't know if it wasn't that he didn't understand it. I think it was more of like he didn't feel that it should be dark humor, that he really thought that it was more of a serious. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, like he, I think he thought that they were having like maybe too much fun on the set or like, 
you know, uh, um, okay. they were saying like, you know, during these scenes, you know, that maybe it was that Ski Ulrich had gotten into that character too much. Like he was really trying to be serious about his character. And then, mm. you know, obviously, and also this is about, you know, these two killers, right? Right. And I think he had probably like researched the psychology about it. And he, I, I think sure, he, yeah. what is that called again? I always forget that character. Um, like a character analysis. Analysis. Yes. So I think it took him a very long time to really understand that there was humor, uh, you know, that it was. Oh, that's interesting. Like a dark comedy or, you know, that yeah. it was darkly funny. And he says he watched uh, Lillard and Kennedy act out. So that's uh, Matthew Lillard who played Stu and then Jamie Kennedy who played Randy. Mm-hmm. They act out their more humorous moments in, in the scenes. And, and Skeet was like, I'm very confused, thinking they were just <laughs> doing it. He said, thinking they were just doing it wrong. He said, I just remember thinking, what are they doing? Don't they know? (laughs) And then Lillard jokes, you're ruining the movie. (laughs) And then Ulrich says, like, this isn't funny. This isn't supposed to be funny. And man, was I wrong. That's amazing. Wasn't there a thing, too, about having Drew Barrymore as that first death? They wanted it to be a huge name to like really shock you right from the start. Wasn't that yeah, part of it? I, th- I, I believe so. And that's something that um I think was out there. Like it was, it was pretty a well-known fact. I want to say like out there because I think they use that scene to draw people in because she was mm. really big in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least, I did say like in the beginning of this episode that there was one more thing. Cause you asked about like another killer. So, there is a third killer theory. Oh, I was thinking you were you meant another killer in real life, like with the Gainesville. But you're talking about like a third killer in the movies. I'm still, I'm talking about the movie. Got it. In all of the Scream films, there are always two killers except for Scream 3. Now, fans have questioned and proposed that it seems some of the crime acts could have not been committed without the addition of another killer. Oh. So with the idea that there are so many unexplained answers that are revealed in the franchise's endings, some of these theories that fans have um, thought about is like things don't always add up. So I want to know what you think. Like, would they would they do that as a plot line? Like so that something could happen later? Maybe they want to do get up to a screen 10, you know? I mean, I could see that filmmakers like to leave the door open. Right. Okay. Yeah. You just yeah. never know. Right. And if you look at, you know, the Halloween franchise, I mean, that's been going for 44 years. So right? who says Scream couldn't? Right. And that's why I was like, hmm, would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like the first Scream, those two killers could not reprise. They were very much dead at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, but there, I think um, if I look at some of these characters, there are some recurring characters. And so it's just, I want to put that out there as like that final little tidbit of fan theory. Yeah. Sorry. I was like leaning back. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that's Scream. But the good news about this um, franchise is that it mm-hmm. seems like there's always more to talk about. And so I was like, I mean, next year we could do Scream 2 and then come back a little bit or what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I mean, again, it's like they always leave the door slightly ajar. Yeah. I do need to, le- I do need to read, leave. <laughs> what? What? I do need to see the most recent one because I really wanted to see it right when it came out and I was lame and didn't. So I need to see that. What I like, and I know that you're like, it's the end. <laughs> of um the Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Like I keep seeing, um I followed, I think Jamie Lee Curtis on Facebook and I keep seeing these pictures of her like from 
way back when, when she's so young. And then mm-hmm. now these pictures of her now and like her, her children going to like the premiere, mm-hmm. it just seems so special to me. And maybe that's in my heart. I'm like, I need there to be more. There's not going to be. <laughs> I love how you're really, really, you're very adamant about it. I mean, there, at least there's not going to be with Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, right. And and that I can understand. It's, and without her, like there is no Halloween. She is those movies. She is. I agree. She she really she is. Well, I liked I like talking about movies with you. And we have a very special, very Halloween special. episode coming up next week. Um, it's wickedly special. It is. I'm super excited. Uh, we're not going to say what it is. Uh, you'll have to tune in to find out. But hopefully. All of the technology works out, and that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, get ready for that. I love it. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Horrorwood Podcast or Twitter at Horrorwood Pod. And you can email us at horrorwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on YouTube or TikTok. I'm going to be honest, I haven't posted on TikTok in a very long time. I'm, we're trying to get better with TikTok. We are. We are. And uh, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe because we need your support. And that's all I have. And I'm just going to one last time ghost face you. She's ghost facing it, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I liked it.